From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. This week, something interesting happened in Canberra. Craig Kelly quit the Liberal Party and, in doing so, took away the Coalition's majority on the floor of Parliament. But the Morrison government is so mired in scandal, this latest development went largely unnoticed. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on what he calls the terrible place in which we find our politics. Paul, Craig Kelly resigned from the Liberal Party this week. How significant is this? Well, let me put it like this, Ruby. Craig Kelly's over-the-top praise of Scott Morrison as he quit the Liberal Party this week was more akin to the mafia sending roses to its next victim. Craig Kelly joins us now from Canberra. Uh, Craig Kelly, government's lost its majority. Why put them in this position? Look, no mistake. Kelly's departure to the crossbench is a sickening blow to the government's stability and authority. Well, firstly, Kochi, I've uh, assured the Prime Minister that I'll guarantee supply, uh, confidence in all procedural measures. In a statement to the House, Kelly said he would guarantee supply and that he would vote consistent with the policies he took as a Liberal to the last election. But he made it clear in a series of interviews that he would freelance on everything else. But I just feel that if I'm to speak out and to use my voice the best I can, that this is the best decision for myself and for the people that I represent. And according to party room sources, Morrison was stung by Kelly's betrayal. The Prime Minister's face darkened when the Sydney MP rose to his feet in the closed meeting and, without any forewarning, read out his resignation letter. And so why did Craig Kelly resign, Paul? Is it about the falling out he had with the Prime Minister over the conspiracy theories that he posts to Facebook, or is this about something else? Well, Kelly says he's been smeared over his support for what everyone else thinks are snake oil remedies for COVID-19. And he wants to be able to speak out according to his conscience, he says, to save lives. A couple of weeks back, uh, Morrison did call him in and asked him to stop undermining the government's pandemic policies, especially the vaccine rollout. But the gallery believes Kelly's refusal to sack his senior staffer, Frank Zumbo, is another factor. And on Tuesday, the Prime Minister made no secret of the fact he'd raised Zumbo with Kelly and the need for him to dismiss him. I have long, long expressed to Mr Kelly my concerns about that staff member and he has long understood what my expectations were about how he would deal with that matter. Zumbo, you may know, is the subject of persistent allegations of sexual misbehaviour in regard to young women. And last year, an apprehended violence order was taken out against him. Zumbo rejects all these claims. This matter was raised by my office, Mr Speaker, both informally and directly in relation to the employment of the person who is at the centre of this, Mr Frank Zumbo, with the member for Hughes. Well, Kelly denies the pressure on him to sack Zumbo was another reason why he quit the Liberal Party. But he is staunch in his defence of his Chief of Staff, even claiming that he himself investigated the matter and found nothing in the allegations. Well, the Department of Finance and the New South Wales Police are now both investigating and they may come to a different conclusion. 
Mm. So, Paul, is this about the Prime Minister wanting to seem like he is taking action on sexual misconduct at a time in which his government is very much under pressure for, for mishandling allegations of sexual assault? Well, Ruby, that's a very plausible way of looking at it. Morrison is sticking by the story that he and his office knew nothing about Brittany Higgins' alleged rape until her story was about to break in the media. If there's one thing Australians have learned about me and my government is we're a pretty focused bunch. The picture he paints of the government is of an incredible shambles, and I think he knows it because he told Parliament he'd asked his departmental secretary, Phil Gachins, and now listen to this, to inquire into the credibility of what his own hand-picked staff had told him. They're important issues, and we are addressing them, and, and the process that we're engaged in, in a multi-party way, which uh, the Minister is... But remember, Morrison knew about the Zumbo story as far back as the middle of last year, and it's not clear when he first raised it with Kelly. If it was then, well, Kelly treated the advice with contempt. Mm. Okay, and so what should we be expecting from Craig Kelly now then? When you say that he's going to be freelancing, what policy areas are we talking about? Well, mostly about uh, COVID-19 treatments, but just as problematic for Morrison, energy and climate change. The member for Hughes, Kelly, has signalled he's much more in tune with the coal champion nationals than he is even with uh, Morrison's tepid commitment to the cause. Kelly says he would not vote for measures to achieve a net zero carbon emissions target by 2050. That's if Morrison ever gets around to making such a commitment. Mm. So Craig Kelly leaving the Liberal Party makes action on climate change even less likely because Scott Morrison would have to be appealing for his vote on the crossbench. Look, unfortunately, I I think that's right. Anthony Albanese and the Labor Party have made efforts of bipartisanship for climate legislation. Uh, They were ignored last year, but Morrison is more likely to follow Malcolm Turnbull's example and not take anything to the parliament that relies on the opposition's numbers to succeed. And that means meaningful action is very, very unlikely. You know, Ruby, it's the price we pay as a nation for dumb tribalism in our politics. We'll be back in a moment. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship, and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Paul... We're talking about Craig Kelly's resignation from the Liberal Party. What is Scott Morrison doing to manage the risk that this creates for him on the floor of Parliament? 
Well, almost immediately after Kelly told the party room he was resigning, Scott Morrison reached out to Bob Catter, inviting him to his office to seek an assurance on supply and confidence. This ruby is as sure a sign as any of what little trust, if any, Morrison has for Kelly's own assurances on supply. Um, and uh, I uh, don't want anything to be interpreted or written or assumed by me quoting the uh, leader of the opposition... But um, his comment was... Ironically, last week, over dinner, Kelly took Catter into his confidence, telling him of his intention to follow the example of the veteran Queensland MP and become an independent. The uh, saying that to two days is a long time in politics is very, very true. Uh, yesterday, the government had a majority. Today, they don't. Catter quit the Nationals 20 years ago. He is now, as you know, a maverick. And he sees the whole thing as an opportunity. Now the government, the, pe- the mainstream parties in Australia have to accept that they no longer issue the edicts. And we all jump when they crack the whip. Those days are over. Catter told Parliament that the government would no longer be dictating what happens in Australia. It was pretty blunt and an indication of the struggles Morrison will now face. The day that you could walk in this place, you big boys, and smash the, the dairy industry of Australia to pieces and close down manufacturing, the time they're over. has they're expired. Mm, and it isn't just Bob Catter, Paul. There are others, some in the, the Nationals, who are feeling emboldened by Kelly's resignation. That's absolutely right. Where there's a self-indulgent bun fight, there's often Barnaby Joyce. I've been mates with Craig for a long while. Uh, I knew Craig before he came into politics. The one-time leader of the Nationals told reporters that Kelly's departure from the Liberal Party strengthens the hands of the remaining government backbenchers. And that, of course, includes him. Uh, I think I've been around this building long enough to say a majority two is better than a majority of one, and I think we're now in a position where you'd have to go to the crossbench for basically every piece of ledge. The foment in the Nationals is hardly discreet, and it's difficult to know what the harder driver of it is. Leadership ambitions or deep-seated policy difference particularly over energy. Uh, I think in Barnaby Joyce, the two meet, they come together. Uh, I would love him to be in the the National Party, but that's really a decision for Craig, and I'm not going to start pushing somebody one direction or the other. But according to a party room source, his chances of regaining the leadership are nil. Though I've got to tell you, others aren't so sure. The return of Lou O'Brien, a Queensland National, to the Nationals' party room at the end of last year after he left for 10 months, was certainly seen as another number for Joyce. And I have to tell you, Lou is not making things easy for the Prime Minister either. In what way? Well, one of the big policy stories this week was changes to welfare payments. In the party room, O'Brien told Morrison that he couldn't support legislation that raised Newstart from $40 a day to $43.60. O'Brien, like other nationals, apparently believes there are more than enough jobs in regional Australia and that the unemployed just refuse to take them. You know, it's gobsmacking from this man. His own electorate of Wide Bay has one of the highest unemployment rates in Australia at 11.7%. Well, what's needed in O'Brien and some of these Nats' opinions is the disincentive to stay on the dole and take any work on offer. And, Ruby, that's where this week's Dobbseeker provision comes in. This is the phone line set up for bosses to report people who won't take jobs that are offered to them. 
You know, it's a horrible piece of policy and social service providers have already warned it's wide open to abuse. But the dull bludger, of course, is wholly writ for conservatives and it sure reared its head this week. So, Paul, where does all of this leave the government's agenda? Well, the government has left negotiating policy through its most conservative member, I should say former member, a man who disbelieves climate science and uses his social media to stoke conspiracy theories about coronavirus and claims that Marxists stormed the US Capitol as part of a false flag operation. So, Ruby, have to say the government's already weak commitment to bold reform is being held hostage to this Neanderthal view of the world. Kelly has made himself an absolute roadblock on anything he doesn't like. It's a terrible place for our politics to be, and I'd have to say for our nation. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. You can read Paul Bongiorno's column in the Saturday paper tomorrow. As a listener of 7am, you can subscribe to the Saturday paper for half price. It's a great way to support the show and fund the independent journalism that drives it. This offer ends in a few days, so it's your last opportunity to get a half price digital subscription. Go to thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash podcast offer to subscribe. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, The Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today... The Australian Federal Police Commissioner has written to the Prime Minister warning delays in reporting crimes can seriously damage investigations and risk the perpetrator reoffending. The letter from Rhys Kershaw to Scott Morrison comes in the wake of sexual assault allegations made by former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins. Meanwhile, the Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton has defended his decision not to tell the Prime Minister about the alleged assault, saying it was a sensitive operational matter. Scott Morrison has said he only found out about the allegation when it was made public. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto, El Marsh, Michelle Macklem and Cinnamon Nippard. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.